When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Get all the latest football headlines and bite-sized opinion in the brand new Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Join Mark Smith, Martin Gritton and a conveyor belt of guests as they dissect all the biggest stories in one small, perfectly formed package. Take five to ten minutes out of your day to stay up to date with everything that matters in football. Whether it's a big result from the night before, a new excuse from Jurgen Klopp, a shocker of a VAR decision or a new chapter in the ongoing Man United soap opera, we will cover it. All the latest news every weekday lunchtime on the Whistleblowers Daily Podcast. Look for The Whistleblowers wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton on a glorious day for football. We're recording this at 9.07pm on Sunday night, the uh, night after the glorious triumph over Leeds United and Liverpool's glorious triumph over Man City, which propels us four points clear at the top of the league in unprecedented and frankly remarkable situation um it's we're even recording this before match of the day so we don't know what uh you know kind of kind of get the tactical uh, advance of hearing oh josh josh yeah josh you well know it's uh, i know exactly is we've, we've got the great martin keogh uh, uh and uh danny murphy who we can uh, enjoy watching by the time this gets out they would have had their say but um we are recording this at what is now 908 it was going to be nine o'clock but our guest um, as he put it, in appropriate circumstances, did have a few technical difficulties after what we saw at Ellen yeah. Road earlier. Um, yeah. We decided it's, it's we one of our favourite people. We, we started. We wouldn't start the podcast um, until at least the amount of time it took for the uh, technicalities to be sorted out at Ellen Road today, in honour of that balmy beginning of that game, which was played for like 20, 30 seconds or something. Then they realised they didn't have technical abilities capabilities of VAR etc so that took another half an hour to restart the game but luckily we are joined by Gareth the Bear Parker yes it's a two bear episode one of our quasi semi multiple uh irregular double bear podcast because Josh is also the bear welcome Gareth thank you Boyd um I was going to ask uh I was there and I had no idea what was going on for at least 10 minutes so uh, was it was it was it cl- clearer to those that weren't in the ground what the fuck was yes. going on? Yes, uh, I was listening to. Well, first, I was listening. I was I watched it at my friend's house, who's a Liverpool uh, supporter, and um, so we were going to do the double bill. And he has. Let, can we say uh, how how can I put this? Um, he has the ability. Alternative means. He has the means. He has the means of watching the game, the Arsenal game. <laughs> 
in wonderful clarity, I have to say, on via whatever means necessary. So, um, yes. And I was also listening to the radio on the way. And basically, it was it was clear to the broadcasters and to the radio that something had been that the VAR wasn't working was the, was the issue. And that it's now the law, um, the British football law, the English football law, that uh, every match has to have VAR. Otherwise, it cannot go ahead functioning fully. Um, so there was kind of, it went off for so long, there was quite a little debate going on among the um, commentators as to how long does the game get, 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 fail to start before they postpone the whole thing? Did they give up the whole thing, Josh? Well, well Jesse March referred to this, didn't he, in his post match comments about yeah. saying there was a point where it looked like it was going to go ahead without VAR. And given what a pivotal role VAR played in the eventual result, yeah. Yeah. Arsenal and I'll would be to- glad it didn't really. Right, and Arteta referenced that in his post-match um, interview, which I've seen on Sky Sports News, where he said, thank God VAR is working because we really needed it today. He was very honest about that. Two weeks in a row, by the way, to all the um, refereeing um, conspiracy theorists that I think it's safe to say um, uh, referee decisions have gone our way. VAR decisions have gone our way two solid weeks in a row, Gareth. Um, I know you were never in the conspiracy theory camp because you're a man of logic and facts and you and don't balance. brook this yeah. bullshit <laughs> uh, exactly exactly no i think i mean describing today as glorious is funny because actually um it didn't feel particularly i mean obviously where, where we're sat at the end of the day nine out of ten all of that is is lovely and we can bask uh in that balmy uh, early autumn sunshine but yeah the isn't it, what's the adage that uh, a good team wins when it's not playing well? Um, and we sure should have proven that twice in a week. So, so yeah, it's, 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 it was a very pleasing victory in the end. Um, I have, in, in a certain station, watched back the highlights. Um, and I think if we'd had a goal disallowed, like the Bamford effort, we'd be raging. I think, uh, obviously, a missed penalty is a missed penalty. Um, but for me, that that was the one that really went in our favour, that, that they, they disallowed for such such a minimal offence. Um, yeah, I think the, the Harry Kane-esque performance from Patrick Bamford at the end uh, w- was pretty shameful. Um, you could, you could, I think you could tell that there was, there was no contact, certainly, um, it, it, but then, hey, we've seen it so many times that something like that happens, and I, and it did feel like it was coming. And I, and I was talking about a man of balance. I was there going, I, I don't like this. I must say, I don't like this at least 120 times today. Um, but hey, I like yeah. this. I like this. Have feeling. you? Have you? Yeah, I mean, it was unbelievably. Oh yeah, I mean, I say it was glorious. It's glorious. I'm, I'm talking purely about the result and you know the 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 triumph, as you say, the play badly and win away 1-0 you know all of that all of the cliches about that's proof of that you're a proper winning team when you win these kind of games the cliches are true but I mean just 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 the mere fact we are four points four points clear of Man City with Haaland who scored thousands of goals already this season and we are above them by four fucking points it's unbelievable and but do you do you genuinely sorry to jump do does anyone here genuinely believe so 
the, the analogy that I used to think it's quite a clumsy one and it's quite a uh, egocentric one, which may surprise you, is when I run marathons, um, I start at a pace that I want to hold, knowing that the last six miles are going to be horrible and I need to hold on somewhere near that pace. But I bank time at the start. I bank sort of 10 seconds a mile at the start, knowing that those last six miles I'm going to do well to not lose that 10 seconds. We're banking, because it's a marathon, not a sprint. Exactly. But we're banking points for top. Mm. I, I think we're the second best team in the league. But not 1% of my being believes that Man City aren't going to stroll this league in the end of, at, at the end of the season. But it's, I know what you're saying. It's, it's, it's fun. Mm. Yeah, it, it, well, it's, it's the greatest fun. I mean, it's the huge fun. I mean, I, for me, like this moment, this, this today, the, the, uh, like this is enough for me. Like the mere fact after... You know, 10 games, we're four points ahead of Man City with the best striker in the world, and we are comfortably above them. We're above them. We're, we're so comfortable, the gap this week, that we haven't got a Premier League game this week, and everyone else has, but it's fine because Man City can win that game and they're still behind us. Man, City, still would have been, Man, Man City would have been playing us, so... But what I'm saying is, but the reality of the, I know that. The reality of the situation is we have not got a Premier League game this week, and we're still going to be top. By some distance, by that distance, in fact, and it's just joyous and fantastic, and that's all we ever dreamed of. That's all I ever dreamed of in the in the latter days of the previous era, you know, and all of that bullshit. We won't go into that because Alan Algro annoyed people last week. But anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm just bathing in the glory of this moment. Um, but Josh, did you have you looked at the stats by the way for this game? Uh, which ones in particular? Goals. I looked at the goals very carefully. Um, I, we definitely um, won. Yeah. Won the yeah. yeah. No. No. I mean. Things like um, possession, passes, pass accuracy, etc. All of that, all of this traditional stats. Because watching the game, this, there's such a dissonance between, for me, between watching that game and I felt like in the in the first half felt very, fairly even. The second half felt like utter domination from them, from Leeds. Right, Gareth nodding his head. Yes, it was. But actually, here are the stats. I hit. I hereby give you the stats. Possession, fifty-four percent to us. I went very high there. Forty-six percent to them. Passes 500 to us, 420 for them. Pass accuracy, 83% for us, 78 for them. I mean, shots on target, four each. Shots at us, nine. They had 16 shots, I mean, to be fair, which is extraordinary. What about, what, what, what's, their, what's their XG? XG is 1.9 to 2 and ours is 0.9 or something. Yeah, so the XG is is the one stat that this show... I mean, I've always been a slight XG, uh, XG doubter, but the XG in this particular case does show... Does mirror more carefully what we, what I saw in front of my eyes, Josh. I think XG presumably accounts for having a penalty, right? So that's a massive part of the yeah. one point nine. So that's true, and, um, the, fact, that's and the fact and the fact that our, our goal came from statistically an almost impossible angle helps with the XG. Yes. That, that, that wasn't yes. that, that, that wasn't expected. Uh, but what a finish and what a player! And isn't it beautiful? Um, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. want to be too too negative because actually I, I'm aware that I started off with it. We're not going to win the league, but actually it is enjoyable. The games I'm going to, I'm loving, not because we're playing Cincinnati football all the time, but there is such joy in this team and such a connection. And although I have sort of bourgeois on cynical in the past, one of the things I wanted to make a point about is that connection and is the fact that I think everyone's feeling it. And I think the team are feeling it, the fans are feeling it. Um, 
a few weeks ago, I was at Brentford away, which was another, I mean, that was a very enjoyable away game where there was no real jeopardy at any point. And we we, we, we did play scintillating football. But when Vieira scored and they ran across, and bearing in mind that I am a grizzled, cynical 44-year-old man, I locked eyes with Granite Xhaka and I, I felt like a seven-year-old child. I felt like he 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 genuinely was pumped and passionate and cared. And then he got emotional when we sang his name. And, and moments like that are why I think there is excitement around this club. Not that I think that anyone genuinely believes that we're going to stop the sports washing juggernaut at City, but that we're doing it in such a... We're doing it the right way. And the players are representing the club in the right way. And God, I'm, I feel like I might start crying myself. But genuinely, I think it is... That's why there's an emotional buy-in from everyone. And that's why there's such excitement. Mm. Oh, I, I agree completely. All I'd say about the um, the Man City League situation, I agree with you completely, obviously. Lot, but things happen, don't they? Things happen in football, he says, uh, what, ball, what, unwisely. But do you know what I mean? Like, people were saying, on, on the post-match discussion on Sky, uh, Josh, Micah was on, Micah Richards was on, of course, and he said something like... Um, you know, if Arsenal, they were discussing, can Arsenal, can Arsenal seriously, really challenge City for the title? And, you know, Micah's point was, well, if Arsenal get a couple of injuries, he said like Zinchenko, which I thought was slightly misguided because Zinchenko's been out for quite a few weeks now. We're, we're coping fine without him. Um, uh, and Or, you know, Jesus, if they get injured, then it's a real problem for us. But equally, what if Haaland gets injured? I mean, he could, you know. it's like No, it's I, 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 I'm with him on... Well, not, not just because of working with him, but I, I am with him on yeah. on party and and uh, and Jesus. I, I think you, yes, you party, have to say yeah. those key two injuries to us. And I think there's an argument some people would make that even party would be a bigger injury than 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 Jesus to us, quite yeah. quite possibly. Look, Man yeah. City because of the way they play, they can look. They've got Alvarez who. You know, I, I think it also looks a phenomenal player from the minutes he's got. And they've got more options they can do. We we saw them basically win a league title, let's not forget, without playing a out-and-out centre-forward, not least, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus I'm starts not... a few games. So I think they, just that bench that they've got, I mean, you know, Jack Grealish, I mean, you know, you're amongst oh, many know. others sitting on, on their bench, they do have strength in depth that they will cope better Um with some big injuries than we will. But I think he was actually trying to be quite positive to Arsenal to say, actually, if they could carry on with this, you know, the crux of their team, then you can't totally discount them. And Gareth is saying 1% of him maybe, or not even 1% of him thinking about a league title. Well, we can't say not 1%. We've got to look at that league table and go 10%, 15%. You've got yeah. to be somewhere there. I think Merce even... Um, before the Arsenal-Liverpool game, watching that on Sky, he, he gave Arsenal a 15% chance, you know, about, about winning the title. And I think we have to register um, about that kind of level as I desperately try and get the odds up. Um, and it looks like we're anything from as low as 9-2 to, to as high as about 13-2 uh, to, to win to win the title, which, you know, it, it is creeping to that, what's that high, a high percentage, a 15% chance, let's say, that, that Arsenal can go and do it. And at what yeah. point, Gareth, do you think we are? Do you, do, you, do you say we're top going to the World Cup? Where are you percentage-wise? We're top in January? No. no You're literally going to be going the 28th of May next year and we'll be three <laughs> yeah. points clear with a 10-goal score. You'll be like, nah, don't fancy it. So to paint it in the picture of like in-game, like 
those five twos against Spurs, I enjoyed the last four minutes. Actually, to be fair, the three one the other day against Spurs was lovely after the white flag substitution from Conte. It felt very easy and there's never any doubt. But very rarely in, in game do I think we've got this one stitched up completely. Unless my eyes show me otherwise. And my eyes at the moment, I watched that Liverpool City game, um, again, the highlights of which, of it, sorry. And, and I've spoken to people. And by all accounts, Liverpool were fortunate. Like, they, they, City go away to a pumped up Liverpool and Liverpool were fortunate. Fantastic goal. Dubious goal disallowed. All that. So, so yeah, as, as Boyd said, in, in one of those deeper moments, things can happen in football. They can happen in football. It, it is it is undeniable that Leicester won the league in 2016. Like that, that that should never have happened. But City have won four of the last five league titles for a reason, and it's because they are able to play the way they do with the riches they have, both in terms of players, manager, youth development, everything. It is, it is yeah, the, maybe early May, if we are vying for it and they're, they're in another competition that maybe that I might, I might start. I just think that we've played some, we've played, I mean, I know the jokes were there the other day about we haven't played a good team yet after we beat Spurs, but we have played some good sides, but we've played them at home. We, ha- we, we, we are yet to go away to a team other than Man United, who you consider would be top six. And we lost that game. <laughs> Well, we should. I mean, we could have easily won. We, we, yeah, yeah, but we, but, but we lost right. that game. I'm not. Can I, I, I just? I, make, I, I, I'm just going to clarify my my point. I'm not. I'm not arguing. All of the, everything you said is, of course, absolutely undeniable. Of course, City are their squad is like five times stronger than ours. It, they've got the best, one of the best managers in the world. Blah blah blah. I'm not arguing. I'm, this is not a point about saying that we can. What I'm saying is, it would take something really freaky, in addition to the accepted norms of what happens in any season. So I'm saying. The banking, going back to your very first point, which was very, very good point about comparing it to your marathon running, this banking of points. And let me remind you, no team has failed to win the Premier League after 27 points out of 30. No team in the history of the Premier League has failed to win the title with that racking up of points, with that in the bag pointed that you're referring to. So what I'm saying is this getting this number of points in the bag at this stage is so brilliant. That it, yeah. at, at that it means that we've got an amazing amount of leeway to come, and you know we can withstand in theory, like Liverpool having an amazing rush. I'm sure they will, and City carrying on as they're carrying on. If we carry on roughly, so what? So in the end, it would take something on top of that really freaky and insane. But freaky and insane things do happen. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying in any way on a level playing field we can compete at all with the oil millions, the oil funded gazillions they've spent, and all of that. But th- weird things happen. And the Leicester example, I guess, is the ultimate. That if it, it would be Leicester-esque. Yeah, absolutely, for us to, to do it in the end. But Hang on. I hang mean, on. Boy, we can't say right, it's 5,000 to 1. We're still Arsenal football no, yeah, club. We're, I know, I know. We're, we're talking at like a 40 to 1 shot at the beginning of a yeah, season, something like sure. that, rather than 5,000 yeah. to 1. But it, it would be right. an extremely unlikely Premier League title um, I'm trying to think of an example apart from Leicester. I think probably the second sure. most unlikely Premier League title. Were yeah, we yeah, to do I, it? I think yeah. Liverpool's league title just gone is would be not that... Because the fact that Liverpool have been able to keep up with City for as long as they have yeah. done... Yeah. And that, that that's phenomenal. And that's coaching, yeah. that's, that, that's the way the clubs run. And do you know what the similarity that I think there is with... Liverpool as they were over the last five years and where we're at now 
it's what started the culture change. It was a manager coming in and having an idea and wanting the club, the players to be more connected to the fans, going out of his way to do it, losing some players who were theoretically some of the more technically gifted players, but actually culturally they didn't fit to where he wanted to take the club, bringing in his players. I'm, I think there's, there's a long way to go. And if, if there is a Liverpool fan listening to this podcast, which would be quite weird if there was, but if they might be outraged to hear me comparing Arteta to Klopp. But I think that actually what, what Arteta has done has been similar to what Klopp did when he turned Liverpool into an also man with some lovely players into a bit of a juggernaut. And the fact that they're even spoken about in that way now is down to how well that club was run. And that for me is so pleasing because I think that's yeah. where we're at now. And yeah. you think of the bin fire that was our club a few years ago. It's and I, I spoke overly romantically about the, the, the connection, the fact. I do I care? Obviously, I, I care. I would love us to win the league. I am loving going to football again. I'm going away more. I'm doing like I'm privileged to be able to. But my God, there were times when we were possibly more of a title rival to so that I didn't enjoy it as much because it didn't feel as though those players were bought into this and they I do now sorry I'm, I'm gonna stop banging my emotional drum I've had an emotional no it's good um, but the point I, I want to make this point which suddenly struck me watching the Liverpool game today which is the other reason why I think it's so exciting and why I make the point that the weird thing happening thing is already one really weird thing has happened because you were talking about Liverpool is Liverpool are 14 points behind us I even after so that Liverpool's Liverpool's weirdly, insanely dodgy start to the season is a massive bonus for us. That who saw that coming? As little as we saw our own team doing this well coming, every pundit in the world said that Liverpool would carry on challenging City this season. Everyone's, you know, retroactively being clever about the Klopp seven-year thing and all that bullshit. But everyone assumed Liverpool would carry on challenging Man City. And yet they're 14 points behind us right now. So I just think that's yet another really, that is one weird, freaky thing. That helps us. I mean, obviously Tottenham are. I mean, the, the the number of brilliant things that make this so pleasing and funny. All the Tottenham fans tweeting yesterday about how this their record breaking start to the season, proving what a genius manager they've got. Well, you know, I'm sorry, but we're even better than you are, and our our record breaking start to the season is even better record breaking than your record breaking starts to the season. So. You know, but Spurs are only a few points behind us, obviously. Chelsea are doing really well under their manager and all of that. So it's all, it's all, I'm just, as I emphasize once more, it could not be happier, funnier, more entertaining than us being where we are right now, Josh. It, it is absolutely amazing. I can't stop looking at that league table. You, yeah. you, you, you almost think, have I picked up one of those websites where you can look at a league table from any moment or any date in, in Premier League history to look at that? Um, and also, we, we have to celebrate the Invincible Day again, don't we? Because yes. Man, Man City have, have lost yeah. a game. And I know if Alan had been on this week and not last week, he would be here um, eulogising about the wonderful work Arsene Wenger did and, and how <laughs> momentous that um, Invincible season was and how... Um, it should always be uh, remarked and rewarded. And um, I'm excited to, to see what the club will do when we get to the 20th anniversary in a, you know 18 months or just over as to how they will mark um, the, the incredible occasion. Um, but it is magnificent. And you, you look at the next couple of fixes and you think, well, we've got Forest coming up and Southampton coming up. Okay, we go to Chelsea away. But this next couple of games will be 
you know, the expectation will, will be six points. And just to start thinking, well, what, what does the table look like? We can't forget our ambition, top four. And we're now as short as one to nine. I've just looked to be in the top four, I mean, um, as mad. big as one yeah. to five. But yeah. it, it would be, a we have to admit, it would be a hell of a collapse now if we if we found ourselves um, outside the uh, top four, a far bigger collapse than what happened at the end of, of last season, even just given the start um, that we've had. But and the we other were fortunate thing. today. I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't have taken that much for today. I mean, Leeds yeah. deserved at least a point, could have easily yeah. taken three. Uh, you know, Saka scored with his lips, basically, didn't he, on Thursday night in Europe. We could yeah. have had quite a different week where we drew with Bodo and got beat at Leeds. But um, let's enjoy, let's enjoy tonight. Yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's been a great week for narrative. I think, actually, if we ignore the performances, and actually, no team plays well. The Invincibles didn't play 38 fantastic games. Like, people forget that. There's revisionism yeah. there, where you, you yeah. like, there, were, there were scrapey ones, there were scratchy ones, there was, there was stuff there. I think, I mean, Polo was one of those games where I watched it, and it was turgid. And I, I know that apparently the, 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 the idea that um, there apparently been a, a, a avoid injury directive. Like it, it was very much a go there, play within yourselves, box clever, don't don't do anything. And I think they would have taken a point away. And actually, as you as you say, kind of strung I think two or three moves together in the game that that went beyond two or three passes, and and one of them one of them led to the goal. Um, but it's a win. It's a win at a team that hasn't has what, what their mad run of of wins at home, including over some pretty good sides. That Leeds team hammered Chelsea a few weeks ago. Like th- there will be funny results. We will probably be on the receiving end of a funny result at some point. The the Premier League, I genuinely believe now, because of the influx of cash, is probably maybe the exception of one or two teams more competitive than it's ever been. I don't mean more more teams can win it because I still think you know similar to League One, there's only one team that can until Newcastle get enough money to to, to start challenging City, but. But there are good sides in the middle who can, or, or sides that can produce very good performances if we're off our metal. So that's why games like say are particularly pleasing because mm-hmm. there are teams like Chelsea and Liverpool that have come unstuck in games like Leeds away, and, and we haven't. And, and that yeah, for me is pleasing as well. Yeah, and we should say that you know Leeds played really, really well. Leeds, the, the the energy and the pressure they put on us, specifically in that second half, was astonishing. It was like. I think we were reeling, and I think any any team would reel from that level of intensity from the opposition. Plus the atmosphere in the ground, you were there. I'm sure you know, it, it, astonishing. So I, watching I, it, it was I, like I, at one point um, I was looking at some. It was um, it was Gabriel who I had issues with. I mentioned last week. I still think Gabriel is having a bad time. But even even before the whole penalty concession, and all of that, he, there was a shot of close up shot of him, and he just looked like. He looked like he was in shock at the level of intensity he was facing um, against Leeds in that second half. And so you have to give them enormous credit. But as Arteta said afterwards in the interview, he was furious at the way we invited them on and, you know, we we played really deep for us and all of that. But they they just took control of it and we withheld it and we withstood it. And that withstanding of it is so impressive, you know, and the luck. We, we, there was a lot of luck. I mean, we should talk about it briefly. Did you think any of the refereeing decisions refereeing decisions were wrong? I mean, I felt we were lucky, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, he, he, like, in, in the penalty that was reversed, there was definitely, there was a foul on, on Gabriel, wasn't there, first, and he then lashed out and didn't actually contact 
contact the player anyway. Was it Bamford? Sorry, yeah. So that seemed right to me. That there, go on, there were remnants, I thought, in that Gabriel sort of flashpoint at the end. A little bit of Vieira kicking Vieira, out. Yeah, Vieira, Vieira, yeah, 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 hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. In yeah. what was you know this. Well, it was that September 2003 mad game where Vanessa Williams missed penalty because the, the leg goes. But we have to criticise Gabriel for that. What are you doing? Yeah, You're winding up, hanging Absolutely. on. Yeah. Why even give the possibility of something? Like, well, you did stand you see... there, you get bundled over, stay on the floor, play yeah. around if you want. Yeah. But to did start, you see he did the... throw a leg. He yes, threw he a did. leg. He's an 100%, idiot. 100%. Did you see the Xhaka-Gabriel confrontation when they were like after? when? And I I was, I couldn't, I'd love to know what, I, was Xhaka going, don't be mad, actually, lunatic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he seemed to be, didn't he? Xhaka going, from of personal experience, Gabriel, yeah. I can tell you, <laughs> yeah. now's not a good moment yeah. to get sent off because it exactly. takes three years to win the club's yeah. fans back. So don't do it. Yeah. Don't do Xhaka it. was saying, don't be the new Xhaka. It's, we don't need another new Xhaka. I'm the old Xhaka and I'm the new Xhaka and the new Xhaka is better than the old Xhaka. Um, but it was it was crazy, that that whole moment. But I think... I think... Gab- Gabriel is, is, again, I mean, I'm emotional. So he, 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 he's clearly just playing his emotions a bit. I think I read an interesting article the other day about in defense of him saying that his position in the back four is the most difficult and the one that's going to be most prone to mistakes because he has to be on the, he's our front foot defender he's not the sweeper of Saliba yeah, he, no. he, 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 will, he will need to make more decisive actions than the other defenders so he but he does seem to be yeah a little bit impetuous uh at points um but he's also pretty fucking young like all of our players are on the whole so I, I, I think the fact that he hasn't got a wise old head, apart from Granite, obviously talking through it next to him, also will mean that he might make. But yeah, I think you're right, Josh. I, I mean, I, 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 I feared, I feared the worst with that. I genuinely, I think the penalties. I mean, I've, I've seen the City of Handball, which absolutely 100 was, and I think again we were fortunate to get away with a, a dragged wide penalty. With the, I, I go back to what I said very early on. The goal that was disallowed was so soft, was so yeah. soft that, that I'd have been raging. Hang on, he, he's been, cle- you know, the, when a defender's clever and uses his body to move him out of the way, like all that, like I'd have been raging. Again, very grateful it was given. But you've got to worry, again, it's Gabriel being eased off the ball by Bamford, who is he's stronger than, than he looks. He looks like Jacob mm. Rees-Mogg, but he plays in a, in a in a much tougher fashion. Yeah, I think that that, yeah, Bamford, was, that was our that, yeah, that was our has, bullet, that was our bullet dodge. That was yeah. our bullet dodge. 100%. Yeah, it was there was a push, but but Bamford did, Bamford does look like he doesn't look like a footballer, does he? He looks like a he's got terrible hair. He's got the worst hair in football. Needs to get a haircut badly, and um, he just looks like a kind of um, maths teacher rather than. Well, it's 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 a, it's it's the it's, it's a much trotted out. Um, Middle class footballer thing as well, isn't yeah, it? Like, yeah, all the all the all the time. Yeah. I mean, he, he doesn't. He's, he's, he's I know, but Ben White, stuff. I think Ben White is a middle class footballer, but he, you know, looks the part. He's got his tats and his, uh, you know. Anyway, anyway, we'll go on to other equally important observations uh, after this break. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Spotify. 
And we're back from the break. I did also want to mention um, regarding the game that Saliba, of course, handled in the box. And that, as you said, that was such a clear handball that you wondered what the fuck was he thinking? Because <laughs> it wasn't one of those where it hit him at close range and you thought, oh, it could be. It was an absolute handling of the ball. <laughs> like, you know, so that was dodgy. And he had some dodgy moments as well, didn't he? On top of that, I think if they'd have been Gabriel doing them, we probably would have been more critical. I do think there's an element, like he's obviously even younger than Gabriel, and I'm not having a go at him at all. I just thought it was interesting that even he, up against that relentless Lee's pressure, did buckle on a couple of occasions, Josh. I, I agree. I mean, Gareth gave this analogy earlier about getting points in the bank. I think Saliba has got a huge amount of credit in the bank from the yeah. uh, nine Premier League games going into the game today, because you're absolutely right. There was a moment where Saliba really took a, an awful touch and, and Leeds got in. I thought Saliba possibly did well not to then bring down, I'm trying to remember the Leeds player it was, who who went past him. But, you know, it, it took a really good save, uh, possibly uh, in an area of the body that um, a little bit sensitive for Ramsdale to, to ensure we didn't go behind. And then it's almost like he's forgotten where on his body his arm is going to appear when it comes to the penalty. It, it's senseless. There's, there's, there's not. He's not stopping anyone going. It, it's just a, a mind-boggling mm. um, moment, a lapse in concentration. And as soon as you saw the first replay, there was absolutely no doubt it, it was going to be a penalty. And he could have cost us the game today at, at least, you yeah. know, uh, two points, I if not if not three, as could Gabriel. They both didn't have their, their best games, but... Yeah. I, is it mad for me? I would quite like to see Gareth. I, did, I, I know we're winning all these games. I still think defensively, we, we clearly have issues. I mean, every team has issues defensively. But We've only let in 10 goals quite... in the 10 games. You know, that, I mean, that, that is... That is good. I mean, Man City have been I know, I know. I think it's like, but I do think we're slightly lucky. Anyway, my point is, I would quite like him to restore Ben White to the centre of defence. Um, you know, I, alongside Saliba, maybe, or whatever. I just think he's a calmer presence at the back, in the centre. And we've got two, you know, we've got Tierney, you know, we've got Tommy Asu. We've got options. I'd quite. I, I, I don't. I don't feel that defensive unit is in any way, you know, as as secure as as those stats suggest. For example, right? yeah, I think we, your line. We've got options is lovely because we haven't had options for quite a while, and we've been thinking, God, if these four at the back um, um, or, or three plus one. I can remember when Cedric was a viable option. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 we are now in the era of Arsenal where you're going. Do you know what? And their flexibility, and we, he's brought those players in for that reason. He brought Ben White in, arguably not just for the centre-back thing, but also because he can play holding midfield, that he can play across the back. Interestingly, you mentioned Tierney. I think we look a much better team with Sinchenko at left-back, but, but because of the way we're being set up like a bit of a mini-city in terms of like the, the inverted inverted fullback. I love Ben White. I think Ben White, ben White is one of those players who... Other fans, other fans of other clubs don't rate Ben White, and and I find it. Well, I know. It, well, it, Leeds, it beggars, Leeds and Brian fans do. I can t I can assure you that. They, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Palace fans do. That that game against he restricted Wilf Zaha to the fewest touches he had in the Premier League this season. Yet, yet he was. If you read the papers, rattled by Zaha, torrid time. Like, no, he defended mm. him brilliantly. He, he is a very, very good player. He is calm. 
Saliba is calmness personified most of the time, which I think when he looks remotely rattled, you think, but he's got like a almost Van Dyke esque yes. stature, stature yes. and aura about him that, that, and long may it continue. And I think that I don't fear that Saliba's, he'll make mistakes. Footballers make mistakes. It's just that those at the back often, particularly those in goal, get, get shown time and time again, cost you points, because strikers miss chances is not the same thing. Word, by the way, we're talking about the defence, and, and I've heard not necessarily grumblings around me at points, but there's been a, a bit of a phenomenon of like unconvinced by Ramsdale. People, oh, he started well. A lot of people, are, I've, and I, and I, do you know what? He, he he will make mistakes. He's he he plays in a particular way, but his character is phenomenal. But he's also really good in goal mm, and man in of the match today, surely. And, and, and does exactly what we need our goalkeeper to do because I've watched other teams who have phenomenal shot stoppers but can't haven't got the capability with their feet. And do you know what? At some point, he's going to cost us a goal by trying to be too clever. But the amount of times that he will create a chance from a quick break because of being clever outweighs that. So I think that the defence is a unit and the options we've got and the options we've got. I was intrigued to see Tommy Yassi start at left back today because I thought... Masterstroke last week. Mm. Stop, stop those diagonals. Stop, stop that ball into Salah. Great. And I was going. The Leeds don't play that way. This is going to be interesting. Like I, I felt like there was a bit of inflexibility yesterday. Actually, what's the best way to play today? And I, and I felt like he's a great defender and he defends better than anyone else. I think in in our squad. So so he's certainly not, not someone you can point fingers at. But I believe that. And I've said it, I've said it as well, Boyd, that I think that at some point, I think our two best centre-backs are Saliba and White. Hmm. But we've won nine out of ten with Gabriel and Saliba. So, so, so... I know, I know. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I, well, I think... And until one is suspended, yeah. so, um, which will happen at some point, or yeah, which, will happen at, yeah. which will happen at some point, yeah. then, we, then, then we look at the, op- the options we've got, and we are able to shuffle the pack about without... You know, the Arsene Wenger analogy about the, the blanket and feet, feet and feet and t- face, whatever. You, you, we, we won't, we've got a bigger blanket. That's what I'm saying. We have a bigger blanket. Yeah, 100%. We should, we should, I also wanted to mention how the, the goal, we were with another way we were lucky, really, because the Saka goal, brilliant, absolutely incredible finish from that angle. But that was started by an insane pass from Rodrigo, wasn't it? backwards across the pitch. I mean, it was an astonishing attempt to assist us and get a goal, help us get a goal, it seemed. It was so mad that, you know, again, like that, you wouldn't... I mean, I've never seen that before. I literally have never seen that before. I don't know what the fuck he was thinking, Josh. Yeah, like infuriating if you're a Leeds fan or the Leeds manager because, you know, the opposition are going to score a goal, make them work hard for it. But I think huge credit to Odegaard. The ball was perfect. He, He waited, he waited, and you thought... It's a very difficult yeah. place to score from. And of course it is. And Saka maybe takes the goalkeeper by surprise. He's expecting it to come across his box and he just smashes it um, high into the net. A wonderful finish. But very fortunate, um, you have to say. I did think, um, obviously we had a huge chance with Gabriel uh, Jesus before that. Odegaard, at first I thought it looked like he got horribly stuck under his feet and he made a bit of a mess of it. Actually, when you watch it back, he does a really lovely flick um, to give... Um, a wonderful opportunity that he, you know, should have scored. But yeah, I think the overall part of today, Boyd, was fortune, wasn't it? You know, to yeah. take the three points, to get VAR decisions going your way on more than one occasion and to score a goal that came really from a, you know, result of a 
opposition error to give you the the opportunity. But it's all the more sweeter for that, right? Like it's it's yeah. it's a really great feeling. I mean, yeah, it's lovely. It's, yeah, um, you know, going away and Gareth and mentioned that, and the trip gonna, to Brentford, but it's yeah. lovely to have one of these. And I think the whole, I mean, this is also cliche, but the whole importance of the mental, the, just the lift you get, you, the players must get having won that game. It's like they must, if we can win that game with that fucking relentless pressure from Leeds and loads of moments of, of you know, fortune, of course, it, it it just puts them on, it must put them on a massive high. And I just think that, the, you, you know, you were saying, Gareth, how, you know, even against Liverpool, and you know, you kind of, you, you always felt like we could concede or, you know, we could lose the game. Or I, I kind of feel like, now I'm really, really surprised. Now this season, when we look, it looks like we might not win. You know, like that. This I was shocked by the the extent to which Leeds, you know, really challenged us today. Uh, but even against Liverpool, I thought, oh, they may come back and get a draw. But I never thought we we're going to lose. You know, during the game, I didn't think we we're going to lose. This whole feeling is just insane, and just it, that's what I think makes it feel really special. On top of the fan element you're talking about, that connection, yeah. but just the confidence that is oozing through the the uh, players is is just remarkable to see and that and, and, and Arteta must get a huge amount of credit for that again you know the those of us who did someone had a go at me on Twitter for saying that I said Arteta I'm not sure Josh do you remember I can't remember I don't think this is my only defense in in the Arteta out thing I don't think I have I th- I think I I absolutely 100% question him regularly and ask the question is he good enough will he ever be good enough to be our manager. And I definitely thought it was mad that such an inexperienced manager was learning on the job and all that and making lots of mistakes. But I'm not sure if I ever actually said Arteta out 100%. I I, I mean, I can't remember. The guy on Twitter was pretty convinced I was. And I was I didn't answer him because I was like, well, I'm not sure if I did. I'm quite, I, possibly I did. But even then, to reiterate the point one more time, everyone, large number, vast numbers of Arsenal fans saw the terrible way we were playing football at various times under Arteta and, you know, the Willian era and I could point to various other times when we were absolutely awful and you're, that's what's going to, you're going to deduce from that that he's not necessarily good enough. Now, of course, I absolutely repent and I apologise, I was wrong, he's absolutely fucking brilliant and we're all thrilled about it. Yes. But do you remember if I did I did I say Arteta out on the podcast? I can't remember. I I feel like you were uh, definitely flirting with the idea. Yeah, let's I, I, say. I admit that I was flirting. Yeah, I I suspect if we go back and and listen to the audio, there would let's be some fairly conclusive evidence that that might support the person on Twitter's argument. But I'm I'm not going to go through it. But look look if you went back to and I, the two guys I, I followed the, the game with today, Ollie and Johnny, we spoke about, because of the way Leeds were, was like this onslaught against us in the second half. And we were thinking back to that incredibly uh, gloomy uh, game. Um, I think we were talking about a game sort of at Everton away last season. And then how it felt like at moments, you know, in last year, we, we would have found a way to, to lose a game. And it's all, it's all just completely changed now that you, you know, you have to admit that even the even those, I think Piers Morgan, who we shouldn't always use as an example on um, Arsenal Twitter, Arsenal support, but he kind of went, you know what, I have to hold my hands up here. Kind of whatever happens herein, you you have to give, you know, huge, huge credit. But there have been bleak moments under Arteta. I, I mentioned Everton. I think uh, Everton away in the uh, 2020-21 season, we went there in the, in the yeah. December. That came on the back of... Um, 
a draw against Southampton. I'm looking back here, but we, we lost one nil at home to Burnley. Do you remember that? That was after yeah. um, Aubameyang scored that own goal and we'd lost against Tottenham and we lost against uh, Wolves at home as well um, a couple of weeks before that. Like we had this incredibly bleak November, December. Oh, and, and, and I you know, if we go back to that podcast after we lost oh, right. at Everton okay. and we hadn't won in what felt like, a, you know, two months, I think it basically was, that there were question marks before. Even um, more recent than that, I felt that the collapse at the end of last season, the Spurs. No, I, I think you had to, that one is a kind of a you know what we finished fifth and when you when you step back I know from it, you but what I said what was, we were going for but love, look yeah listen boy, I, I don't want you, people you, pointing you, fingers at you boy let let's no, move on no. I was I was about to, I was about to say boy has never gone for Richard Keys about uh <laughs> Arteta uh which by the way that's something I actually take so I I know a lot of again rival fans who really don't like Arteta and I like that because for the first time we haven't got like no yeah. one gave a shit. No one gave a shit about Emery. Arteta can be a bit much. Like you watch him, and you, like he, he, I mean, he is in lots of ways. I mean, I, I think there is. It's too easy to say that he's kind of mini Guardiola, but there is. There are things there, and he's. And this is what winds Richard Keys up so much, and anything that winds Richard Keys up is fine by me. But he, his complete aversion to his technical area. Which is brilliant. Like I, I, he literally stopped a Liverpool player taking a, a throw from the wrong position last week um, by standing in his way. Mm. So I think that, that I mean you're right. There there is something about him that, that yeah. really really gets. But he is imprinting this, and, and I like it. I like the fact that there is. It's not just the players or one or two players. All of those players are bought in. The manager's yeah. bought in. And I think that th- that feeling of momentum, and go, use sort of the analogy of the marathon, when you get ma- momentum and you get belief, you suddenly believe you can do better from then on. So I think that... Yeah, but every, you're right. It's, 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 all the best managers, all the like people, loads of people hate Klopp. Loads of people calling Klopp a clown and like can't stand him because he's so, because of what, he got sent off today, you know, for being so fucking pissed off about <laughs> a, a alleged foul on, on, on yeah. Um, on Salah, um, he got sent off. He was in, enraged. Pep was enraged. Pep inv- went on the pitch today. I hope Richard Keys, by the way, who's obsessed with Arteta <laughs> going out of his technical area, has a go at Pep for literally walking on the pitch as he did in the middle of the game today. And Pep didn't get a booking or a red, red card or anything. But those managers who are infuriating to opposition fans, that's what we need. And in fact, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying this to have any kind of discussion of the Arteta of, of the Vega era, but. It was always the way, wasn't it? In the in the last years of the Wenger regime, that no one was scared of him. Everyone loved him, and and we loved him. Of course, I still love him. But you you, you there was never that feeling that he inspired loathing in opposition fans. Because what's there to loathe? But actually, yeah, you're right. Arteta will do stuff that is really quite ridiculous, and he will say stuff that is quite ridiculous if he has to. But now he can do he can say and do what the fuck he wants as far as i'm concerned you know i give him give him another five-year contract like, i'm serious you know now i'm like he's just proven enough already he's done enough with this team right now for us to uh allow him absolutely anything whatsoever josh no i guess just credit the club as well because you yeah. think back when he was given his new deal yeah and it wasn't in you know the absolute it wasn't on the back of five home wins it was a you know difficult point um, towards the end of last season where it looked like, you know, we might not get in that top four, which had looked for a long time like we would. And the club have shown, you know, tremendous, uh, tremendous faith in him. Just quickly, Gareth, as I know we get towards the end, how, how was the away end today? How did you find it? Brilliant. I, I, I am loving 
that that's one of the reasons why I am. Uh, and again, it sounds deeply privileged, isn't it? Like, but I, I I decided not to go for a while. I didn't go very often, and actually, the times I'd go tend to be with yourself, or like once or twice a season away from home, once or twice with my brother. Um, if I don't have my daughter at the weekend now, I will do everything I can to go because I think that. It's it's a special era we're living through, and that's not necessarily linked to the fact that we might win lots of baubles at the end of it. It's because I think within modern football, it's rare to have this sort of a connection with your football club. I think it's I think it, it, mm. and and actually, and maybe it's part of my whole sort of sunny nihilist point of view that it's all fucking pointless. So why do you sweat the small stuff? And um, but you've got to appreciate the good stuff because you give your own life purpose through what you do. And the experiences you share with people, and I'm ex- I'm experiencing some really fun things and sharing it, and that connection, not just with the team but with the other fans. There is, I mean, both of you would have been witness to some real toxic behaviour over the last few years, and home and away, and that feeling. That lots of people have said, actually, do you know what? The way end has always had a, a sense of noise and atmosphere and 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 togetherness what really is staggering my my old man came my old man's not an Arsenal fan um and for a long convoluted reason he brought my brother but I also stood where I normally stand for the game before basically Grace was performing at Saturday as well and she was absolutely brilliant but I had to leave the game straight away so I couldn't take my brother home so my dad went my dad is my dad is a Sunderland fan and he used to come and he, he's very quick to criticise Arsenal he's very quick to sort of sort of mock and he, and he just turned to me about 20 minutes into the game last week and went I've never heard an atmosphere like this I've never heard an atmosphere like this at Arsenal and it's true and it was also true when Liverpool scored, and again, this isn't a new thing. I know lots of people have picked up on this this season. Is there isn't just a <laughs> I was token? Come on, like there is a roar of support from all the fans when we have conceded. Not a groan. Not and and I've watched other games for other clubs this season. I've gone, oh shit, that's what it sounded like. That's what it used to sound like. So for me, the fact that I'm bouncing to home games. As much as I'm bouncing to away games, it's testament again to. The, and you're right. You said a lot of the things got to go to the club, and some of it, you know, some of it's cynical. And I, I, I joke all the time about no club merch is better than us. And look at what I'm wearing now. Like we, we have thrown in everything on that nostalgia feel about when it was the last time we had a real sort of like grit, like loads of youth players from um, the academy in, like looking at young young Londoners that. And they've, they've played us, but it's been on the back of genuine connection as well. So for me, I don't see myself being kind of sold bits of merch. I feel like they're just exploiting what's already there. Mm. Gareth, listeners, uh, obviously it's not a visual medium. Gareth is wearing one of those trendy Adidas um, uh, tie-dye style uh, tops that came out. Uh, last yeah, hum- yeah. The human race hipster, hipster uh, as ever. Gareth is. Um, uh, just to say, by the way, before we before we go to the prediction section, that um, Arsenal women have uh, triumphed over Reading women as well, 1-0. And that game, by the way, did you know, if anyone noticed, this is very me observation, but I have to make it. That game, Reading v Arsenal, was on four different Sky channels simultaneously. It was on Sky Showcase. It was on Sky Sports Premier League. It was on Sky Sports Football. And it was on Sky Sports Main Event. If anyone can top that. If anyone knows of any match that's been on more than four channels simultaneously uh, on one platform, 
then please let me know because that is... It is brilliant. So very, very quickly, I know we're running on a bit and, and it's linked to what you said, Boyd. The fact that there is also... It's a club-wide thing. So the women's, yeah. the women's yeah. team... I mean, I was fortunate enough to go to the Lionesses game with Grace last Friday at Wembley, which was great. Again, 80,000 people there. And there's also representation. And you feel like it's not just a bit of a throw. I went to the North London derby back-to-back. I'm sure lots of people do. They went to the women's one. There is a, a sense of positivity through the club. It's not just the team. Yeah. I think that, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, 100%. many more people are, are paying, sit up and paying attention. And again, as the father of a, of a young girl, it's it's great to see. Yeah, all hail um, Josh Gronke. Um, the uh, I'm only joking. I'm only joking. Anyway, we've got a six o'clock kickoff on Thursday, Josh, against Eindhoven. Um, I don't know why it's a six o'clock kickoff, but uh, it is. Uh, what do you think is going to happen? Well, in terms of what you're going to do for your dinner, or Islington Green, or, or all of that, what I think is going to happen in the game. What are you going to do, boy? Because that's a difficult I don't know. timing. It's a tough timing. Yeah, it's, dinner it's after old. the game. Do you think? Uh, maybe, yeah. They might have to be, yeah. yeah. All right, keep, keep me posted. Or, yeah, okay, okay. Um, I think, um, look, it, it's the key game, isn't it? And you, you want to wrap the, the group up or um, as much as possible. I I guess we'll see a pretty strong Arsenal team that, that would be, you know, in line with what we've seen to date. Um, and hopefully that's enough for us to, to sort of squeeze on. But uh, I can see a narrow win in line with recent mm. results. So I'll go 1 0 again to okay. Arsenal. Yeah, this, this, of course, game was postponed because of the death of the Queen, I believe, wasn't it? I mean, in, in, in that whole Correct. That's why we're not City playing game. Man City. Yeah. yeah. I, I wonder if a future future series of The Crown on Netflix, they'll deal with the impact of the Queen's death had on Arsenal fixture congestion. Anyway, Gareth, uh, what do you think will happen in this game? I, I think, I think Josh knows it. I think that there is a sense of. <sighs> I was one of many that was worried about the strength of the team that we picked out on a plastic pitch. Um, oh, sorry, not plastic. Yes, yeah, Saka. So, but, oh I mean, but, 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 but and it was like, oh, every time a player went down, with, oh, I think that we need to box clever because I know that's going to be a huge break, but a lot of those players that we have are will be going to the World Cup um, and we need to ensure that those key players and party and he's just... And, uh, I don't want to see them on Thursday. I would rather we scratch out a point. Will. I, I know. We'll, 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 I, th- I, think we'll, I think we'll get through the group. I think it might even be a draw on Thursday. I think it'll be a tighter game. Um, but but I also think that um, we are we are comfortably qualifying. So I don't think there'll be any yeah. jeopardy later. So so I think yeah, let's go with two one Arsenal. No, I was going to say two one. Okay, I'm going to say. Uh, well, you can, you can do. I mean, I was going to say one nil. Well, I can in theory. We like to have different predictions. Okay, I'm going to say say two one as well. And then quickly, Southampton Sunday two o'clock on Sky. Uh, yeah, that one is on the terrestrial yeah, TV. On two you don't have to go around and well, uh, worry Sky. about if you're. Yeah. Um, it is indeed Sky Sports. I think we'll go to Southampton and win. They've, they've been struggling of late. They did obviously beat Chelsea back at back at the end of August, but since then they've lost to other teams that are really struggling. Villa, Wolves, um, Everton went and went and beat them. Uh, obviously got a point today against uh, West Ham. But yeah, I think that's the two nil to the Gunners. Uh, yeah, I think it, it might be. Another one that we scratch out a bit. I, I, having said that, I went to Brentford thinking, oh, it's going to be a tight game. They're, they're, they're physical. The size of Brentford. You see certain things, and then we played beautifully. So I think if we we get, we start on the front foot, if we if we are 
proactive rather than... I feel we, we sat back a bit, say. So I think if we go out to Southampton, we win Compsbury, and it might be 3-0, 3-1. Nil, 3-0 nil for you. I'm going to say 3-1. We're definitely not keeping a clean sheet. Thank you very much, Gareth the Bear Parker, Josh the Bear, Landy, all the Bears. Absolute joy of joys. And we'll be back next week, hopefully keeping up this astonishing record. Cheers, bye. Thanks, Jacks. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.